RN Drive with Andy Park on ABC RN. Is your idea of a good Valentine's Day getting a good night's sleep? A good night's sleep all on your own. Might sound like bliss to you. I have to say it sounds pretty tantalising to me. There's mounting scientific research that tells us sleep is critical for our mental and physical well-being. But what if you just can't get a quality night's sleep in the same bed as your partner? Is it about snoring? It's likely uh, it's probably about snoring. There is growing anecdotal evidence uh, suggesting that more and more couples across all kinds of demographics are turning to sleeping in separate beds or separate bedrooms. It seemed to be the norm for our grandparents' generation, certainly for my grandparents. I'd love to hear from you. Have you been able to navigate sleeping in separate beds and can maintain a healthy romantic relationship? Uh, Perhaps you use the energy that you derive from a good night's sleep to work on your relationship when you're well-rested. Perhaps uh, sleeping in separate beds has even improved your relationship. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, 0418226576 is the text line. You can also hit the button on the ABC Listen app at the bottom of the screen and message me, or you can tweet me at RN Drive. Elizabeth Shaw is the CEO of Relationships Australia. She's also a, a clinical and counselling psychologist. Elizabeth, you've been counselling individuals and couples for over 25 years. How common is it for couples to sleep alone? Look, it's actually very common, not necessarily permanently, but as um, for protracted periods for um, a whole lot of reasons, including for shift work, you know, how people can sleep if you sleep lightly and you're trying to manage shift work during periods of chronic illness or infirmity, um, sometimes when there's a new baby in the house. There's a whole lot of reasons across the lifespan where this might be a temporary solution through to something that's a little bit more permanent. Are you finding couples coming to you and presenting uh, in your practice, uh, citing sleeping in separate bedrooms as a sign of problems in the relationship? Look, absolutely. And I think it's usually because it's it's not being openly discussed. So it may be, well, I have to leave the bedroom because you snore when the couple knows full well that, yes, snoring is an issue, but in fact, there's other issues that have gone a bit underground. And in the end, those maybe aren't being talked about or can't be talked about. So the snoring comes in. And then sometimes the person who snores feels indignant or blamed or that it's almost a red herring. I think that's where things really go awry. Um, and also where the couple has maybe one has stormed off after a fight um, to another room and just never come back that, you know, and it's not discussed um, or where um, where they've kind of agreed that this is useful for a reason that does make sense. But then what they haven't done is really discussed, well, when are we going to get together to have sex? How do we invite each other back to bed? Do we, is that now awkward or weird? Um, because the bed is still the biggest symbol of the sexual relationship. You don't have to have sex in a bed, but... I think when you get out of bed in the way we conceptualise our um, couple relationships, it really does have an impact unless you are very upfront about it. And have you had experience in your practice where you've not advised but certainly guided a couple towards sleeping separately for the sake of the relationship? Does that happen? Look, certainly it's not something that I, I would advise, but that's more about 
um, that's probably not not how I would approach a situation like that. It's usually um, people are presenting that they're considering it themselves or they've already done that. Um, and then it's trying to unpack the meaning around it and where the sticking points are as to when it's being raised as an issue, why is it an issue? Is it an issue because they didn't run the communication all the way to ground? Is it because it's it was meant to be a temporary measure and it's become permanent by stealth? You know, it's really just trying to diagnose how has this now become a problem, even if the reasons to do it are quite sound, did they solve everything along the whole track or did they just get out of bed and, and didn't discuss anything else that was required? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's less the the, the, the actual physical practice of sleeping separately. It's more the fact that there perhaps is a, a breakdown of communication either before or during or, or, or after. If you just tuned in, Elizabeth Shore is here. We're talking about why some couples choose to sleep separately and how it perhaps, well, in some cases could be good for your relationship overall. Certainly, if you get a good night's sleep, you can uh, better deal with what the next day brings. The text line's open, 0418 uh, This one, my partner and I have been sleeping in separate beds since I began snoring many years ago. At least there's some honesty in this, some acknowledgement of perhaps con- contributing to the situation. Uh, this uh, person says we work opposite hours at times. Sleeping separately allows both of us adequate sleep, which is wonderful for our relationship. The downside is extra washing. I didn't think about that. Yeah, more more uh, sheets going in the washing machine, but the positives outweigh the negatives. Our relationship has not suffered in any way. Uh, this one too, well, yeah, this is getting very edgy really on the text line. I do not share a bed with him. Uh, he refuses to sleep on 90% of a queen-size bed, refuses to address sleep apnea and snoring issues. He expected me to survive and stopped complaining about severe deep uh, sleep uh, deprivation. At the time, I was concerned for our relationship, but now I can see it was a blessing. So, yeah, certainly can shake out some of the kinks in a relationship. Uh, the other thing here, Elizabeth, is most of us would agree that skin-to-skin contact or being physically close has a, a positive effect on our health uh, more broadly, our well-being, and certainly as a result in a romantic relationship. So what are some tips to keep intimacy alive in your relationship when you sleep separately? What, a calendar? Are we talking about a roster here? Well, look, I think it is a uniquely defining aspect of a couple relationship that it is an intimate relationship. Sometimes couples agree that it's no longer a feature of the relationship, but in general that's how we think about it. So I think it is all about the the couple when they realise that sleeping apart maybe most of the time is is going to work for them to really also say, to call out, yeah, but we usually have sex in the bed, so what are we going to do? Are we going to invite each other in for sleepovers? Are we going to um, – because for some couples that are otherwise quite successful, this can be quite – a saucy moment, you know, kind of flirtatious, <laughs> a bit interesting. It could be like date night, but in your own house. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do, and it's all about warming this up outside the bedroom, like for any couple, even if you're sleeping together. What are the ways in which you touch and connect outside of the bedroom? Do you have conversations that bring you closer? Um, do you do other things even outside the house that build the sort of um, close energy that is all part of having a good physical relationship. And do you actively kind of work at that? Um, Some couples, I have worked with couples that themselves have come up with a calendar. Others would be horrified by that. Um, I think, you know, the benefit is have you worked out something that really um, works for you? And 
couples will always get into, um, will you initiate more than me or, you know, you never let me initiate. But those sort of struggles and discussions are quite healthy. And and as I say, on a good day in a successful relationship, it actually can be quite fun to keep that energy alive. In fact, you've got to be quite deliberate about your seduction, which could be very playful. Of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention this is largely about if you have space in your house. I mean, in my house, uh, if I chose not to sleep in the same bed as my wife, it's my choice between two young children who both kick like mules. So there's not really much of uh, you know, a space to, to explore this. There are probably many people listening to this thinking about how they should best raise the topic. You mentioned earlier, it is about communication rather than the practice of sleeping separately. So uh, what's your advice? for people wanting to raise the issue to trial it perhaps? Look, I think it really is being upfront and calling out why it is happening because if there is anything else that's on both your radar that you really haven't been getting on very well lately, um, one has been more rejecting around sex or closeness, you know, shrugging the other one off. I think if there's anything on your radar of that nature and then you say, and I'd quite like to sleep apart, then it's going to be a really worrying conversation, um, even if you try and dress it up as snoring or something practical. So I think it is a real opportunity to be upfront about, look, we haven't been close lately, things haven't been going well, and I want to raise um, sleeping apart. But I think we need to resolve all of these things so that sleeping apart can be discussed or can make sense. Um, And so I think unless you declare all of that, the worries will send it underground and could lead to other tension. The other might agree to it, thinking, good, I'll give them space, they might be nicer to me. But generally those things, once the wedge is between you and that communication is really not transparent, uh, things can really go awry after that. Yeah, you really do wonder if this topic could be tackled uh, politely and in a sort of mutually agreeable way, then perhaps, uh, you know, the separation rate or the divorce rate in this country might be less. Uh, Elizabeth Shaw is a practising clinical psychologist and the CEO of Relationships Australia. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Eddie. On the text line, I've got to say, it's more or less fairly one-sided, people saying it's actually a good thing, it's helped my marriage, although there's this, sleeping in different rooms is the beginning of the end. Uh, this one too. Hi, Andy. We have separate beds. It's been life-changing, better for our relationship. We have 10 and 14-year-old girls in a tiny house that uh, I can very much appreciate. Uh, Julie says, I sometimes broach sleeping separately with my partner, partner, but he refuses and discuss, to discuss it and growls and barks at me when I try and kick him out. Maybe it's because you just woke him up. Uh, this one too, separate uh, sleeping after being married back in 1991 uh, because of snoring and body heat, of course. The old Duna one, we didn't even get into that. Uh, this person says they love the radio all night and listen and read different media so they never overlap with anything at all. Well, that sounds that does sound like the beginning of the end if you ask me. And Anthony from Hobart rounds us out with, it's not snoring, it's purring. Thank you, Anthony. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.